All right. Well, I've we got Brock and Heesh from the Gumball team. Gents, how are we doing? I hope you're not too down down and out with uh, whatever that virus is you've came back from East Denver with. <laughs> how, are you, how are you feeling? Uh, we're doing all right. It's been a, a bit of a slow week, but I think we're, we're slowly getting back into it. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us on the pod. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good, man. As I say, I'm just, I'm just about to head off to Dubai for whatever's happening over there um, at, that, at that conference. Hopefully, I don't have to catch... Um, this conference virus that seems to go around everywhere because I've got because <laughs> I'm I'm going back to the UK after that and I've got a lot of plans. Uh, yeah, I'm home in like two years, so I don't want to be down and out. <laughs> well, good luck to you. I uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a. Uh, I just guess not to try not to shake too many hands. I guess. <laughs> yeah, just just fist bumps. I think yeah, that's what the uh, that's what the boxers used to do back in the day. I think when they were gearing up for a fight, they wouldn't shake anyone's hands. Just, that's where the fist bump came from, apparently. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. So if anyone's listening, don't come near me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, but, um, it, probably, it probably wasn't even the conference. It was probably all the bars afterwards and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel as if that's all it's about. Um, we messaged a few people. They were going to Dubai, and we like, are you actually going to attend the conference? They were like, no, nah, not really. We're just we're just going for the, the side quests. <laughs> totally, yeah, all the other. <laughs> the satellite events and stuff like that yeah yeah so um i've been following you guys for a while i've been pestering you to kind of get you guys covered and get you on here and um i think the time's slowly becoming increasingly right to start covering you guys as as much as as physically possible um again used the product very very recently um again with the barodrome mint was kind of blown away as usual great great kind of um you know just really simple really easy to use i mean a lot of people were kind of confused but it's an innovative and novel product and i'm sure we'll, we'll get into it but um before we kind of kick it off usually just like taking it taking it a little bit um a step back with kind of guests and just see how they kind of forged their own path into this space and kind of what drove them to be working um in this space so maybe brock will we start with you and then we can go on to heesh about kind of your your own kind of origin stories into the crypto and DeFi and, and oh space. yeah totally man um i mean my like i got started in crypto back in like 2017 uh just as like a hobbyist um kind of during that whole bull run and uh i got wrecked pretty hard i think it was early 2018 when all that went down um so that was like my first taste of crypto was just as like a, a random investor who got wrecked in a bull run uh and was kind of late to the game but after, over the next few years i just was like kind of keeping my my eyes on crypto and my pulse on the market and everything like that and uh i don't know it's always appealed to me from like an entrepreneur standpoint i've done other startups in the past but uh web3 specifically just seems like the the barrier for entry to just get into it and to start building is just like it's it's so easy and there's so many people like willing to help you and to like collab on stuff um so yeah i mean i really started getting into building uh, on chain with with he here um he was kind of the one that got started out of like our friend group the first um but yeah i mean he i could let you talk about your stuff a little bit yeah uh similar story i also started in 2017 um and then i i kind of got bored because there was not like too much to do on chain but you know, I stuck with it. And then in 2019, 2020, I got super into DeFi um, and really started digging in on the conceptual side. 
Uh, and then come 2020, I started learning Solidity. Um, and yeah, I just started whipping out contracts. Yeah, Man, for, so it's, it's been it's been that, oh. that fresh. Yeah, twenty twenty is like a pretty <laughs> turn around <laughs> the uh, the old slowly thing. Just Brock, go, you go ahead. I've just got another question on on that after this as well. Though. Oh no, I was really, just gonna really say for, for context, Tish is like our main systems architect and Solidity to, a developer, and then I uh, focus more on like business development and marketing and stuff like that. So. Uh, basically like he was building away a storm and I was just kind of his homie who, who kicked it in discord and was like, yeah, man, like if you ever need help with this and that. And so, you know, <laughs> every project ends up having like a guy who's just like, uh, translates kind of what the devs are doing and like, you know, shit posts about it on Twitter. Um, and so that's how we kind of got started together. Uh, nice. Nice of that. Yeah. So he's just for kind of people listening. Um, my, I took one look at it. Like had this kind of rush of blood to the head, and then I was like, "Yeah, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn Solidity." And then I was like, "Where the fuck do I start?" Didn't have a fucking clue, and then just um, fell back onto kind of content writing and growing this like new media business. But where, where, like, if you were to start again, was is there anything you'd kind of do differently to kind of learn that like Solidity and the whole aspect of it? I suppose for just people listening, where where would be the best place to start on that? Uh, I mean, I think starting with the concepts is so important. Um, and I think that that's kind of what gave me my foundation uh, for it because I'm not like, you know, some programmer that started coding when I was 12. Like I took some classes in college and then I really enjoyed it and took some more classes. Um, and from then on, I didn't really program at all, uh, but got really into the concepts of DeFi um, and then just working in the space uh, and looking for Solidity devs to hire. We would hire some and just kind of notice that they like they were great devs, but they were lacking the concepts, which was kind of holding them back. Um, and so I kind of decided to get into it myself. And really, in the end of the day, like Solidity isn't too crazy of a programming language. It's very similar to a lot of the ones that are already around. Uh, but conceptually, learning about DeFi seems to be the hard part. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's the it's the kind of um, the old story of. Hayden Adams losing his job and um, similar kind of story that you guys just like looking for kind of shit to go and build and then he was like spun up Uniswap within the space of like a year or two and it's like the whole idea was like nobody's an expert in this field so in given kind of 18 months to two years people can be literally subject matter experts in in that that's that's what that's the beautiful thing I think about this industry because mm -hmm. it's so kind of new and novel um that was the whole idea around like why why I started writing about it. I was like, I'm never going to get this opportunity to be at the forefront and start commentating on a industry that is in such its infancy, um, mm -hmm. where no, nobody's truly an expert yet. So you can kind of carve out carve out your own kind of expertise and niche, I suppose. So it's um, yeah, I always find that kind of shit fascinating. As you said earlier, bro, it's like um, just being able to kind of be at the forefront of this whole industry and just try, kind of pick it up and run with it however you like i think that's because the barrier to entry is so low um, yeah, totally that's what's yeah. really, really really appealing isn't it so um yeah kudos <laughs> no you hit the nail on the head that's exactly it man yeah so um so what how the hell did um gumball come come about and what was the what's the kind of origin story of itself there <laughs> yeah that's a great question man sometimes i have to ask myself the same question um <laughs> it started off as something kind of goofy we were doing like um 
we were trying to do like a like a physical nft derivatives project where like people would take nfts that they owned and they would like make physical derivatives based on the ip um and that kind of got like a little complicated because we realized that the ip laws surrounding nfts were all very gray and they were all different based on project to project um so from there we kind of started working on this idea of doing like physical backed nfts from the get-go so um you know, I don't know if you know, uh, like uni socks, uh, like that project yeah, yeah. from, yeah. So it was like the, the digital socks sold on the bonding curve and they were redeemable. Um, so we kind of started playing around with that idea and of like, okay, like what, maybe we need like an architecture for like, uh, doing these redeemable NFTs. And then that kind of led us down the road of creating this liquid NFT marketplace. Cause we realized that was really what the base layer of all these projects we wanted to build was like a liquid NFT marketplace. Uh, and I can kind of give a little like more of an overview of what that means i guess um but essentially the axiom was like what would nfts look like if like the liquidity from minting them stayed in like a liquidity pool or like a bonding curve for like the community to use so rather than just like a project minting out and all the funds go into the creator and then the nft sales go into secondary market what if there was this sort of like built-in liquidity for like an nft so people could like trade against it they could stake against it kind of do a bunch of other DeFi stuff. Um, so that was like the original idea of what sort of got us going down that road. And then somewhere along the way, there was like a branding change. I think we, what were we calling ourselves a Pyrrhon or something like that? Yeah, something Some, weird. Like, weird and Greek themed <laughs> and nobody knew how to pronounce it. And so, uh, yeah, one day I think he was describing to me this concept of like a, a machine. A machi it's like a contract that you took a token and you put it in and then you get your NFT out. And I was like, oh, it's like a gumball machine. Um, so that was sort of like the, the origin of that. And that was what, like a, a year and a few months ago. So like 14 months ago, maybe. Wow. Yeah. I was going to, one, one of my, uh, when I was making a couple of notes, um, for this, I was going to actually ask you the question of, um, did the name precede the protocol or kind of vice versa? So you just completely cleared that up though. Cause I was watching the, uh, the C Caesars video. So Caesars next seven introduce. Yeah. Um, Great, Love great Caesar. channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was obviously using that example as well. But it makes it makes a lot of sense, um, and I think it'll make a lot of sense if we can let's let's if we can do a high level of what the user flow would look like if you were going to kind of use the product. I mean, I can even bring up the I can bring up the the UI as well if that would make um, a little mm -hmm. bit more sense. But just just so people can kind of be a bit more tangible for people, like what um, how that kind of um, phrasing actually comes into the product so i'll bring it up on screen now Should let yeah me know you can see that no problem yeah and this is uh just so everybody knows like i think one of the biggest criticisms we've gotten so far on the project and totally valid criticism is like feedback for the ui the, the user flow being a little confusing um which we definitely are I, we we acknowledge and we're uh, we're working on for v2 which is coming out very soon uh so bear with us here it is a little uh, a little user unfriendly but um so essentially you come into the marketplace here and this is like the different NFT collections. So this is like your gallery page. Um, you can click into one of these and it'll take you to like the shop page for that specific collection. So uh, I'm trying to think of the best like logical way to walk people through here. To start on a collection, you need to go to the exchange page. So if you want to click into exchange drum right there and the way that our uh, ecosystem works is so like every NFT when it mints, there's say there's 10,000 NFTs. 
Uh, there's also 10,000 ERC-20 tokens that got minted on, like, the bonding curve. And that's actually what people are, like, buying and selling uh, to mint the NFT. So it's always one-to-one ERC-20 token to NFT. Um, it's kind of like your token. And that's how we basically keep control of, like, the market price. So if you wanted to buy an NFT, the first thing you'd do is come into the exchange page and you would deposit, like, wrapped ETH for, like, the collection token. So for Tour de Barons, which is uh, the Bear Drum NFT the token is drone and as you can see here we have like a price chart that shows like the historical price feed of it yeah i minted some of these out oh, yeah and then no point not one or something <laughs> yeah. and then kind of got, got got a little bit of a shock when i looked at them at, uh, at the peak at 0.13 <laughs> i was like shit i should have bought more <laughs> Yeah, well, Baradrum did a great job of their whitelist distribution too. So I think they like had a, like a huge proportion of people whitelisted, and then they also had like a like a mint cap at ten, I think, um, which was great. Um, so like you'd basically buy the token for Drome, and then you could go back to the previous page we were on, and you could mint it, and you could mint either a new NFT or you could choose from one of the NFTs that have been returned. Because like in our uh, ecosystem, if you mint an NFT and you're not happy with it, you can like send it back to the Gumball machine and get your um, your token back. Yep. And so, is, is there is there is there a fee collected on that if you want to kind of yes yeah, so yeah so on the bonding curve buys and fees there's a fee and then when you exchange back from an NFT to a token there's a fee uh, and we're letting these be like set by the by the creators so there's like a range that we have I believe it's between um, is it zero and ten percent for the redemption fees. Yeah, so zero to ten percent, um, and then that's set by the creator. Uh, so yeah, just to recap, the the overall flow is you start with wrapped Ethereum or whatever the base asset for the collection is, and that could be any ERC twenty token. And on the bonding curve, you would purchase the collection token. Uh, so that's Drom in this case. And then once you have the collection token, you can swap that in the Gumball machine. Uh, one to one so one drum for one nft and you can either mint a new nft or pick any nft that's already in the gumball machine so the, all these nfts here are just chilling in the gumball machine um and say that you wanted to sell your nft you would go back to drum so you'd click return go back to drum and then you'd sell it on the bonding curve nice yep makes a lot of sense um right so, um, so with with the Barrett, with the how did how did the Barrett drum one come about then? Because obviously they're gonna sort of high level. That's gonna effectively look like uh, um, a solid fork with a few extra bell, bells and whistles on on Barrett chain. So, what was the what was the reason for those guys kind of approaching you or you approaching them and kind of deciding to mint early on on Arbitrum? Is it kind of a uh, that's a great question. You know. um, well, originally, I think the plan was that they they just were, you know, they're big fans of the protocol and they wanted to do like the bears on bikes on bear chain eventually. <laughs> so that plan has been like in the works for a long time. Um, I think that they, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but I think that it was strategic for them to get a project going live now that they could then use to sort of uh, incentivize people to come over to their uh, platform when it was on bear chain, I guess. So, I mean, you know, with crypto, things move so fast and the market's been so down. It's like, you know, people are looking for things to do to, uh, you know, keep people engaged in the, in the down market. So, yep. 
I also think it's like a good opportunity to sort of engage your community and grow your community as well as establish an identity um, for your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they wanted to get a head start on that. Totally. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so what? Obviously, we we touched on the kind of user flow there, but just for some people who are a little bit still in the dark, and they might have seen other kind of NFT fi kind of products on the market. What? How how uh, how are you guys distinguished from like I don't know your likes of your studios of the world? I, I obviously know the difference. It's just kind mm-hmm. of. No, it's a great question. Great question. Uh, I'll say from my perspective, what I would say is that we are like a a very upstream liquidity solution for NFTs. We're a liquidity base layer uh, that things can be built upon. So essentially, we offer NFTs, basically liquidity solutions that become like built into them and they don't involve incentivizing third party or mercenary liquidity or anything like that. Um, So the biggest thing for me is I think that our NFTs align like for, they align incentives a little bit better for NFT holders where holding the NFT, you become a liquidity provider for the collection. Uh, so I think that fundamentally is sort of the difference and it's a subtle difference, but it's an important one, I think. Yeah, I think for me, like if you look at most uh, NFT and marketplace relationships that people are used to is you have these NFTs on the outside and then you have like one marketplace where everyone goes to trade those NFTs. Um, but in Gumball, the marketplace lives inside the NFT itself. Um, so you don't actually need any external marketplace. You could just go straight through Etherscan. And if you want to exit your position with your NFT, you could do so. And really mm-hmm. what we strive for is sort of achieving this system where you could take any digital asset that you've created and give it a market. Uh, that has liquidity from every price point from the floor of it to infinity and always know that people can always trade it at any price point um, without having to put any upfront capital in. Um, So essentially allowing you to have like a liquidity layer for your digital asset that you were to make. Um, And right now we're just focusing on stuff that already is prevalent in our market, such as like profile pictures and art. Uh, But I think the use cases can really expand a lot further down. Uh, and maybe this sort of system can make more sense uh, for those use cases as well. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. What, so, what is it? Would it get to the point where, let's say, for example, I have um, a few kind of Barodrome NFTs, and I want to make a market with kind of USDC um, as opposed to like Raptif? Is it completely permissionless in that sense? I could go and make make that market on there. So the thing about Gumball is uh, you can only make a market with a collection that hasn't launched yet. So in the case of Baradrome, we're, we're able to sort of put those 10,000 NFTs into the bonding curve from the start of it. But if you already have an existing collection, like you can't really just take a bunch of NFTs and put them in a bonding curve uh, without like a base asset like ETH or USDC. So it's actually not possible to go do something like that on Gumball. But if you were to say, go over to PseudoSwap, you could definitely pair, you know, your three Barra's drum uh, NFTs with any base asset that you choose. Mm-hmm. Where, where um, I've kind of got my own opinions on this. Where, where do you think we're at in the whole life cycle of the whole financialization of NFTs? Um, do you think it's even had a glimmer of its day yet? What, like where, 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 where your heads are on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 
Oh, go, go ahead, Brock. No, 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 definitely. You. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's still very early. Like we, we haven't seen like an NFT as liquid as say something like some major top ten coin out there. Um, and I think liquidity is really like what opens up the doors um, to new interesting things that you could do. Yeah, totally. I think we're still to see it. I don't know if NFT Fi is going to be the same. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the NFT Fi rush is going to have the same sex appeal as other like booms did, but I think it's going to become like a really important thing uh, long term because digital assets, especially unique digital assets, aren't going away anytime soon. And so people are like looking for solutions to incorporate liquidity into those. Um, so, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of a necessity definitely going forward. Mm. Yeah. I mean, where, where do you guys stand on the whole blur open sea thing? Like, do you think blur is a better product? Obviously open sea felt like they kind of got ahead and, we're kind of resting on their laurels a little bit and just thought no one else is going to, we've got such a great massive mod here that no one else is going to kind of catch up to us. And then it's kind of the opposite, opposite, opposite side saying like a lot of the NFT crowd are kind of saying that blur is kind of net negative for the space. But I don't know if you've thought about yeah. that or had to have, have any opinions from your side. Yeah. He should go first if you want. Um, yeah. I mean, I use both of them. I think it's great to see that happening because it kind of shows that you need to continue innovating to kind of maintain your position on top. I think Blur did a really good job with like a very lively UI that just like updates right on the spot. Um, you know, even when other people are using it, it updates for you. Uh, yeah, it, I think it really interesting yeah, going on I, between them. But I don't have an, a lot to say between like one or the other, but one thing I will say is that I, uh, w one of the criticisms I heard about Blur was there were like uh, people were like, oh, you know, their, their dashboard is like, um, it looks like a, like an exchange dashboard more so than trying to look like, you know, like an art marketplace. And it's like, there's no focus on like the art or anything like that. But what I think is important to realize is that uh, these like digital asset marketplaces are soon going to be catering towards a lot of different types of digital assets that aren't just art. And I think that we're going to see like a very large expansion of what NFT means to people and what is actually like, mm -hmm what it actually is. And so, yeah, I'm, I am interested to see how new marketplaces arise that sort of take a different approach to like what it means to be a digital asset marketplace. Because art is obviously very fundamental in the space, but it's certainly not going to be the only use case for NFTs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of disagreement going forward between a lot of people as always, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, what um, we've kind of, touched up on it a little bit um it, aside from kind of profile pictures and, and jpegs and things like that where um is there any kind of use case for NFTs that you're excited about i mean obviously the uni v3 mm -hmm. positions of absolutely huge um i know there's a couple of uh i know there's a protocol getting built at the minute I won't go too much into it because i think they're still like in testing phase but um it's effectively like uh more of a structured structured kind of product, like they might be long one asset, short another, like as the most basic example, and then they could put that, like that that position's wrapped into like an NFT. Um, is there is there anything that you guys are seeing? Obviously, it's not my kind of hundred percent kind of dedication focus. I'm more strictly DeFi, but um, I just love to hear if there's anything that you guys are seeing or hearing about. Yeah, t definitely. Um, I mean, 
I can speak of like what I'm interested in seeing NFTs go towards, and then also like what I'm seeing be like popular. Um, but I think like game, like gaming and video games is going to be like a pretty big one, um, particularly with like the way that we handle digital asset ownership when it relates to like video games or like gaming experiences. Um, so that's one that I see becoming like pretty big. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Keish? Uh, yeah, definitely like gaming economies. I think that's a really clear use case because a lot of people value their digital items within games, but they're sort of stuck within the realm of that game. Um, and I think NFTs kind of open the doors there. Uh, another thing I find very interesting is those physically backed tokens. Uh, I think it is really cool for like an authentication experience and sort of bridging the gap between something that's on chain and in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think do you think games could kind of you'd ever see a place where there's a specific game that has a trading marketplace and there could be like Gumball whitelisted on there for for the actual trading of the Oh yeah, man. Can we should we spill some alpha here, Heesh? I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say. Uh, so one of our reasons for going out to eat Denver was uh, connecting with, uh, you know, obviously people that are interested in building on Gumball and uh, the main people, the main projects we've been working with the last few weeks, focusing on development with and kind of planning our next moves have been like GameFi companies and people that are interested wow. in using the Gumball bonding curves as like the basis for their in-game economies um we've got v2 coming up soon which is going to have a lot of expanded contract functionality but uh well he should i could let you talk a little bit if you want to talk about uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so we we essentially built a new bonding curve that is specific to gaming economies um and so it's a little bit different than the one we use for like gumball nfts with set supplies of like ten thousand and whatnot um and it's i guess what i could say have you heard of the grand exchange uh, from runescape yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, monolith from trident keeps banging on about it (laughs) yeah so i I think this tech (laughs) this tech allows us to create something similar to that uh on chain and always liquid um and really excited to showcase that and see what people do with it (laughs) <laughs> all right i won't push you too much on that because uh, I know. <laughs> i'm reading in between a few lines here but yeah uh no it's, it's it's great to bring that up totally um so what um what kind of stage are you guys at in kind of project life cycle if that makes any sense so if you guys just completely bootstrap this from from the ground up did you have taken any kind of capital like what's oh yeah no we're where, totally where, where are you at and where are you going self-funded up till this point uh i think the projects mm-hmm. we've been working on it for 14 months we've been live for uh like a month and a half now um i would call what we have right now like beta gumball beta like proof of concept uh minimum viable product like we built through just a market that seemed to just keep getting worse and worse. And so at a certain point, we were just like, what are we waiting for here? Are we waiting for, you know, are we waiting for the bull run to come back or are we just going to keep doing our thing? So, um, yeah, I mean, we're just building still. I mean, we've come out with our, our beta version. We've got V2 well underway. And then, as Heath mentioned, we've got other, uh, other contracts for kind of expanded functionality gaming and physical backed nfts fashion are the two like 
I guess, forks in the road that we're sort of going down both of them right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. People keep asking us if we're like looking for funding and I mean, we're, we're open to it, but at this point we're not holding our breath for anyone, you know, especially with all the, <laughs> all the current news and current events going on. It's kind of just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we kind of released our beta version and kind of monitored how that operated and thought of ways to improve it. And we built our V2 contracts, uh, which kind of took from those lessons. Um, and now we're going to be going with live with those. And then as Brock mentioned, uh, we're going to kind of go down some verticals, um, including the physically backed tokens and then the GameFi stuff as well. Yeah. I suppose the longer you guys can delay the need or ask for external capital as well, it just... Um... <laughs> It benefits you guys in the in the long run um just from that perspective i think people raising on a on an idea in this market is a bit bit silly <laughs> and they sure. wonder why um they wonder why they can't get funds over the line i mean like on the back end what people won't notice from like us at blockmates is if there are projects that are raising we we do try and help them out and plug them into like our network of people who are still allocating and it's like they always seem to come to us when they realize that but well, basically come to us to try and like sweep up the mess that they've created <laughs> like from, like trying to raise raise on an idea that like the deck's terrible the pitch is terrible and stuff like that and it's just like oh god it's like just go and build like go and build something if, if you're that if you're that kind of if you think this product's going to be like the next all singing all dancing thing like the deck says and you keep telling everyone just go like if you've got that much confidence in it just go and build something and then people will be crawling all over each other to give you money like it just, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense yeah it's definitely <laughs> a lot easier to pitch like a live product than it is like a you know a conceptual yeah yeah i think i think people like to play like play a builder as well and play like developer and play like uh you know like just like to put that hat on and say they're gonna go and do shit, and then like, like if, you, <laughs> right. if, you, if you read if you read all the books, it tells you to go and kind of raise money and, and shit like that. It's like uh, just go and get your hands dirty and then like figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, it's fake it till you make it, right? It's like pretend to be building until you've got the half million yeah. check, and then you can start building. <laughs> I guess that's like everyone in this space in some sort of way, you know, like no one really oh, knows yeah. exactly what they're doing or just kind of. Yeah. I mean, even the DCs, it. I'm starting to wonder, I'm like, do you guys even have any money or like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally posted on Saturday, I think um, after like, obviously it was, it was a, it was a great weekend for um, crypto Twitter, to be honest. So if you, if anyone's listening, this is like Monday the 13th after, the USDC crash over the weekend, but I, I literally posted something about exactly what you just said. Is like, as long as, as soon as we can collectively admit that no one has a fucking clue what we're doing in this industry, like the rest of the world, we can just move on. Yeah. What? I've got I've got a question about Arbitrum. Um, so I think it's a pretty obvious decision why you, you kind of ch- chose to to kind of deploy over there. Do you do you think? Um, the whole NFT space will slowly start to kind of just blossom over there, or do you think like the L one will be where the majority settles, or it's because because 
even 12 months ago, it was like, yeah, we're going to build, like, even if it was a DeFi product, it's like, we're going to build an Ethereum. And now anyone who's anyone is building on top of Arbitrum. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how, how, do you, how do you kind of look at that landscape and kind of trend forecast that? Oh, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, any any solid ecosystem is going to have, like, its community and have its NFTs happen there. So I think it's almost like an organic thing um, to say, you know, who's going to have the most, like, ravenous NFT community definitely tough to say but yeah i mean i don't know i think it's like DeFi projects people see that it's advantageous to launch a project somewhere they see that there's solid support from the foundation and there's people there willing to you know participate so um i think any good l1 or l2 will have a good nft community eventually personally but i don't know what do you think Ish? yeah i mean i think agree with you for sure um it, it kind of does make sense for like some super high value nfts to be on ethereum for some weird reason i'm not really sure why but it just makes sense in my head uh <laughs> but yeah i think you know as arbitrum grows uh it'll definitely see a lot more adoption on the nft space magic is kind of leading the way right now um and yeah i just hope to see it grow i suppose with um I know the the Arbitrum BD side are definitely angling for it to be, well, I suppose everyone is at this point, like angling for it to be like the, the kind of chain for GameFi and things like that. So um, I suppose that helps a lot. A lot of games looking to build over there. I don't know where the Treeverse guys are building, actually. I need to kind of have a look at that. But like even, like as you said, Magic, uh, Trident, which I'm a kind of early stage investor in as well, so I'm kind of rooting for them <laughs> to do well. But uh, I think, I think, if game five happens over there, I think you guys would be best placed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, man, one thing I'll say too, is that I think NFT communities in a way are like, they can be a little bit more like, it doesn't even really matter what chain sometimes like you'll have an NFT community from one project or one ecosystem launch on another one and they can bring like their community with them. So, I mean, I don't know in a way I almost feel like NFT communities have the ability to be like more nomadic and to have like less like chain loyalty, I guess, than somebody that's, you know, like, you know, depending on a, like a huge TVL or something. Yeah, right. tell that to D gods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your mileage may vary for sure. <laughs> yeah, as long as we're not going over to Tezos, like the eco-friendly chain or whatever they would position themselves as. Oh like, man, what was all? I know there was a huge. There's like a big shit storm on Twitter to Twitter about Doodles going over to Flow or something like that for their Doodles too or something like that. So that's kind of what got yeah. me thinking about it. Is I was like. You know, I don't think Doodles is going to have any problems bringing people over to Flow to Mint, but, um, you know, I wouldn't think of Flow when I think of, like, PFP NFTs right off the bat, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine, like, Instagram's going to have, like, Flow NFT in Instagram. <laughs> and when when you've got, like, the behemoths of Polygon out BDing, like, absolutely everyone. But that looks like it's put them in a bit of a precarious position, like, laying off staff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> pay a shit, pay a shit ton of matic out to people like Mercedes and like all these crazy people, and then like let's, let's suck a lot of stuff. I, strange decision, but like it's like that um, dodgeball. Let's let's see if it plays out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, what uh, we've touched upon it a little bit, but just to kind of recap. What what should people like um, be on the lookout in in the kind of near term that you guys are excited about if there's anything you, we haven't touched upon there that you, you could kind of um allude to there yeah um, i mean super close upcoming in our next release uh we have a new way to mint from the bonding curve 
so you participated in the drum mint, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's been a little interesting to watch because um, anyone that's on the allow list still, you know, they depending on when you buy, you get a better price than others if you're buying before them. So we came up with this uh, fair mint pool where everyone would get the same price for the NFT uh, that's on the allow list. So I'm excited to see that happen. I think it could be like better distribution um, for the collections. I think some of the collections had kind of a poor distribution just because of the no allow list um, in some cases. And then the other thing that I'm really excited for is we have on-chain affiliate links, uh, completely permissionless uh, for the collection. So if you refer someone to the Gumball website, um, you'll be receiving 10% of their swap fees. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah and then anything, anything you're looking for? Yeah, totally. So these uh, things he's just talking about, these are some cool like uh, features we've got coming uh, in V2. And then I will plug an upcoming launch we've got. Um, we're, we just won the Canto Hackathon NFT category for, I think, their Season 5 Hackathon. Um, oh, nice. So we are going to be working with a really talented artist called X-Wave. Uh, and they are an AI artist. They are very popular. And we are going to be doing a collection on Canto. Uh, they're going to be doing a collection on Canto through Gumball. Uh That'll be these really cool AI-generated 3D realms that are backed by a Canto Note LP. Um, so hit up X-Wave and Blockade Labs on Twitter to follow that project. Um, really excited about that one. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice. And, so you, that you be deploying over there? Then? Yeah, we will be deploying over there. Um, we're pretty much going to be deploying everywhere um, just because you know we don't really have a token holding us back. We can go essentially to any chain that's EVM at the moment. Uh, but just to go back to that uh, NFT, back to my Canto note, um, that is going to be something new for us and special because the Canto note LP is earning Canto uh, from a farm at like, I don't know what the APR is right now, like 200% APR. So essentially we'll have an NFT that is earning you Canto. Um, and I think that that could be the first maybe in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good uh, proof of concept for some of our like NFTs backed by other yield-bearing assets. So you get your real yield off the bonding curve from swap fees, and then you're also farming Canto on the back end. Um, should we should we get time? Suppose, yeah, so I suppose with you, with you guys deploying over there as well. Um, I can't remember what the the acronym is for it, but um, any kind of contracts over there that get like large amount of traction and large amount of usage, I suppose from a revenue and protocol perspective, you guys get like a, a share of the the gas fee on that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's a super cool feature. I hope I see more chains doing it, um, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, all right, sick. So um, where's, where's best for people to find you at the minute? Is it, you just want them following in a Discord or Twitter or where do you want yeah, people to be? Yeah, if, if you follow us on Twitter at, uh, at Gumball Protocol, um, that's got the links to all of our stuff. Definitely join our Discord. Discord, you'll get like first sneak peeks of stuff and early announcements on, on projects dropping and stuff like that. All right, nice. Well, all those links, uh, I'll make sure our editor gets them dropped in the description. But... Um, Gents, I'm sure it won't be the last time we have this conversation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks so much for having us on. Sorry, the, I, I, know I think you COVID's are... gotten in, in our way twice now, so I'm glad we finally got to hop on a combo. 
yeah anytime you're welcome anytime uh if there's any kind of um product updates that you want to get out there just get a bit more kind of exposure on them just give us a shout we're, we're happy to help um but yeah thanks thanks for jumping on hope you're not too kind of wrecked from east denver and uh Hopefully, I don't get the lurgy following Dubai and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I know, I know, I know. But, but um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And uh, yeah. everyone listening, if if uh, if you just take a look in the description, all the kind of information that we just talked about should be in there. But um, yeah, I think that's it for today. Awesome. Cool, man. Thanks so Thank much you for guys. having us. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Right. Take it easy, everyone. Speak soon. <laughs>